I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Tie game! Big puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! It's a Tuesday. Donny Mahoney has walked over from Bulls.ie offices to be with us. Hello. I cycled tonight, actually. Oh, yeah? What's it like out there? It's been dark since about uh, ooh, 11 a.m. Dark and dreary. You know this 40 days and 40 nights of rain that they talked about in the book of Genesis? Vaguely. Well, I'm not going to go too Old Testament on you. Nobody wants to go there, really. But Some basically, people. long story short, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Arcs were needed. Animals were herded up. People got out of town. Civilization began anew. I th- we're... I presume Noah did his thing. Noah his grew his beard, yeah. yeah but look, yeah. we're is it day 31 of rain? What's When is it going to stop? Day 31, which means by Christmas Day it will be okay. Well. It's, it's relentlessly grim. I'm sick of it. It needs to stop. Thank God for American sports. Yeah. So we talked John Lennon mm. uh, last week, and that was good. And this week, well, we should start off by uh, noting that our favorite team, the Golden State Warriors have finally lost. I was really hoping they would do this. I was watching, you know, I was watching ESPN before they lost and the guys talking there on, I think it might have been Pardon the Interruption or one mm-hmm. of those shows. They were saying, you know, the dream would be for Golden State Warriors to make a 28-0 to get to Christmas Day. Ah, uh, that would be and nice. And then the whole country would have watched on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, they would have been on about five o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. It would have been perfect. It would have been sensational. Well, it didn't happen. They lost Saturday night to Milwaukee. Yeah. They what? were on this terrible seven-game road stretch. Okay. Um, it was always going to happen like this, wasn't it? Yeah, it was going to be some team of chumps, you know. I mean, that's a bit harsh in Milwaukee. But it was, you know, it's such a grind, the NBA season. Yeah. And um, they'd, played a really, they'd played a really intense game with uh, the Boston Celtics on the two nights previously. Where they heroically won an overtime. Exactly, yeah. And I think they were just pushed to the limit, and it was a game too far for them. Yeah. Um, I really was hoping, you know, I like this kind of habit of coming in here and saying, Joe, the Warriors have won again. Yeah. They're still unbeaten. And I kind of hope they might go on forever. But look, we're not we're not perfect. Teams aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. We might dream of perfection, but it's it's an illusion. It's what we all chase, but we, do we ever really get there? Do we even get close to it? And that's I think that brings us on to our topic at hand tonight. Well, we're, uh, we're nicely jumping ship from one team which was unbeaten, the Golden State Warriors, who we won't mention ever again now. No. Nope. They are losers to... Um, Carolina Panthers. So let's talk about the Carolina Panthers are unbeaten in the NFL season uh, so far. They're the best team in the NFC. Mm. Best team in the NFL. Sure. Come okay, on. so they're 13 and 0. They're ter- 13 and 0 and they have a very clear path to 16 and 0 and uh, the perfect season. So put this into context for us because I think well I certainly do. I think everyone remembers the Patriots in sure. 07 who went unbeaten but for that Hail Mary at the end of the Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah. Um Eli Manning Eli Manning, David Tyree. There was a few more plays involved in there, but look, that's what happened. Mm. Only one team in NFL history has ever gone an entire season without being beaten. The 1972 Miami Dolphins. In those days, the season was 14 games long. Dolphins went 14-0. They won two playoff games and the Super Bowl to go 17-0. No team's ever done that. 
So it's a huge thing. It's a big deal. It's it's very it's impossible to do, barely possible to do. Yeah, the seventy two Dolphins are very very proud of this achievement. They're not someone to just sort of drift into the wilderness and into obscurity with this achievement. No, they are out there, it's everywhere, letting people know they have a tradition of this. There is a, a a great urban legend of American sports that every time the last undefeated team in the NFL falls by the wayside, mm. the 72 Dolphins get together and they open a bottle of champagne <laughs> and they toast themselves and their perfection. <laughs> like, it's, it, it's, it's a bizarre thing. I don't, it's, hard, it's hard to know if it's true. It's apoc- apocryphal. Um, you say bizarre, I say perfectly understandable. Okay, well, if, if you've done something so incredible, so amazing, you might as well meet every year and just to sort of slap yourself on the back. But when the Patriots were going for this streak, and I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm biased, the the seventy two dolphins they're old, they're guys they went on this media crusade a media sort of uh, go around saying they're, these guys aren't they're not us they haven't done what we have what we've done yet it was really bizarre I think we have a clip here of a guy named Mercury Morris who is a running back on that team and this is about, the Patriots are I think they're ten games into their streak at this at this point in the season mm. here's Mercury just laying the smackdown and this is a guy who's been retired twenty years but he just wants the Patriots to know they've got a long way to go let's have a listen. They're comparing them to a 17-0 team if they're 17-0. But I think they're like 10 games short right now, right? They got 10 more icebergs to go through in this Titanic trip that they're talking about. No, So far, nobody's made it across there except us. So we're overdocked here waiting on you. I'm telling you, I respect the Patriots if they do that. But right now, they haven't done that. So come to me. Like I said, don't call me when you're in my town. Call me when you're on my block and I see you next door moving your furniture in. That's when I'll know you're going to the championship and you're about to play. And if you win it, I'll be dressed up in a tuxedo waiting on my bride. So point one, we are now duty-bound to get one of the 72 Dolphins on this show. Yeah, Mercury Morris uh, would be I, the I would first take call. Mercury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And secondly, Robert Klemko of Sports Illustrated is listening in on the line. So, Robert, we're just setting the context here. The 72 Dolphins and the Patriots going so, so close, ultimately undone in the Super Bowl. So, uh, the Panthers, here they are, uh, 13-0. and Nobody really saw this coming. <laughs> no, nobody did. I was one of the people early on this season who believed they would have a losing record and lose the division. So it goes to show what I know. Hmm. The wonderful connection between these two teams, as I'm sure you know, is that the coach of the Miami Dolphins in 72 is the father of the current Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. And uh, that, that man, Mike Shula, maintains that while Mercury Morris may toast when the last undefeated team loses, it's not uh, something that's done in the Shula household. They welcome it. Um, uh, Robert, the Carolina's tremendous success has been uh, has been carried in large part by Cam Newton, their quarterback. Um, I'm just, can you put in, in into some context just how how Cam, with a bunch of wide receivers, who as far as you know, for people who play fantasy football, uh, won't be uh, too blown away by some of the talent there. Cam has been completely phenomenal this season. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, I mean, well, you're talking about a guy who went into the season with one of the most promising young wide receivers in football at his disposal, and Kelvin Benjamin. Guy caught 70 passes last year, over 1,000 yards, and, and many thought that he would take that next step and be considered one of the elite receivers in the NFL. And then he loses him to a season-ending injury in training camp before the games even start. So all the people who had written off the Panthers before that really 
sincerely wrote them off after that. His number one receiver became a journeyman, Ted Ginn, who had played for five teams and never caught more than uh, maybe 30 balls, 30 passes in a season. Uh, and now that guy is, is a, a threat. I think he's got four touchdowns in the last two games. And it has everything to do with Cam Newton and the way he's matured as a quarterback and the threat that he poses as a runner. He's the only quarterback in the NFL outside of Russell Wilson who can get first downs on a consistent basis on design running plays and scrambling plays. And Cam Newton has a lot of superstar qualities, you know, a lot of charisma, not necessarily universally liked. He's not shy. No, no, he's not. He um, he's, he's caused a little bit of controversy this season with uh, some dancing in the end zone. Um, a, a team took exception to him celebrating for about 15, 20 seconds after running in a touchdown. And, and his response to that was, if you don't like it, don't let me in the end zone. <laughs> he has a point. <laughs> uh, talk to us about the coach. This is an interesting uh, development as well for him, Ron Rivera. So... Two seasons ago, he's on the verge of being fired, but he's really turned things around. Like I was reading, he's gone from being a very conservative decision maker. He will take the punt. He will take the field goal, the field goal option uh, to a guy now who's going for it on uh, fourth and one and, and, and is going all out and it's working. Yeah, last year they, uh, they dubbed him Riverboat Ron, uh, which is you know an allusion to a, a riverboat gambler. Um, and it was sort of tongue-in-cheek because he went from being very conservative to just pretty normal uh, by NFL standards. But now he's got Cam Newton, and he's taking full advantage of, of him as a weapon. I mean, you will see them run a quarterback draw, which is a quarterback running play, on third and long and convert it, which is something no one else in the NFL does. Um, the question now becomes, as they head into the final three games of the season, Will he go for 16-0, and or will he rest the starters at the end mm. as teams that clinch home field advantage through the playoffs are, are want to do? Um, Ron was a defensive coordinator on the Chicago Bears team in 2005 that clinched home field advantage, and they rested their starters in Week 17 and then lost that next week, and a lot of the players complained about feeling rusty in that first playoff game. So I think that experience will influence his decision here. Is the perfect season attainable for for Carolina? I know Seattle, they're hot. I know the Patriots, they're the class of the AFC. Like, is 19-0 is realistic? Well, assuming you get over the hump of the regular season, they still got the Giants who are dangerous, uh, and then the Falcons and Buccaneers. The Buccaneers could be playing for their playoff lives. Assuming you go 16-0 and through the regular season, you mentioned the Seahawks. That's the team nobody wants to play right now, and that's the team that they would probably either see in the divisional round uh, or the conference championship. Russell Wilson, uh, Cam Newton's opposite for Seattle, has 16 touchdown passes and no interceptions in the last four games. So nobody's playing better football at this moment than Russell Wilson. And on the defensive side of the ball, they're, they're just figuring out the formula they had in 2013 and 14 when they went to the Super Bowl. And while they're not as good, um, they're getting better. So that's the team that everybody expects to uh, upend the Carolina Panthers' perfect bid. 
I think if they played today, the Seahawks would actually be favored in that game, despite mm-hmm. Carolina's undefeated record. But what we've seen all season from Cam tells us that you really can't count the Panthers out of any game. The 72 uh, Dolphins had the champagne on ice. Uh, before you go, Robert, just a story we were going to touch on here anyway as we uh, look through uh, the week of US sports. But seeing as you are of Sports Illustrated, uh, your, your Sports Illustrated sports person of the year seemed like a straightforward enough choice, Serena Williams. I know she didn't quite do the Grand Slam, but she had a, a remarkable year. Um, yet it seems that uh, a lot of racing fans in particular furious that American Pharaoh was um, well as they put it snubbed I don't know if American Pharaoh is as livid as the fans but snubbed uh, for the award uh, they do realise this is for humans this is the sports person of the year award what, this is the most ridiculous story I think I've ever seen well you know what uh, I thought that as well but then I realised that we as an organisation sort of invited that controversy we did an online fan poll uh, for sports person of the year prior to announcing the uh, actual winner, and we included American Pharaoh as an option for people to vote. <laughs> right. So that's mistake number one. Horse racing, all of the horse racing fans were so excited that it was even a possibility, and surely he would win because he had blown out the rest of the uh, the competition on the fan poll. But we ended up giving it to a human being. Uh, I, I think there are more important things to. Uh, get upset about it in America at the moment. And Robert, have any horses ever won the Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year award before? A, a horse has never won. The, <laughs> the most that they have gone outside the box is to give it to a whole team. I believe the 1999 U.S. women's soccer team won. Made up, made, made, made up mainly of humans. Right, they've never gone to other species. Right, okay. Hey, well, listen, it's something to think about for next year, I suppose. Yes. I uh, I would hate to see the award go to a horse just because you you wouldn't have the great shot of uh, uh, American Pharaoh sitting in a, in a golden <laughs> throne in a cat suit. Well, that's an image. Um, listen, <laughs> we will uh, let's check in with you if uh, if and when Carolina come unstuck, or else if they go all the way. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, cheers. That is Robert Klemko of Sports Illustrated on the line. Uh, Serena Williams. Come on. Well, 53 of 56 matches won this year. Even if American Pharaoh is allowed in the competition, yeah. I still go with Serena. I, I'm a little bit partial to American Pharaoh. I've seen, <laughs> I was, I was, it was the night of the Breeders' Cup, and I was just in a pub, and it was on TV, and it was like, I don't know why I was watching it, but I got weirdly consumed by it, and mm. it just destroyed the field. America, there hasn't been this Triple Crown winner. Look, I'm not, I shouldn't go into it. <laughs> Serena Williams had an amazing year. Yeah. Tainted a bit by the U.S. Open loss, I have to say, but anyway, sure. what are you going to do? Uh, Donny, yeah, I'll see you next Tuesday. All right, oh Joe, you won't. I'll be in America. Oh, will you? Yeah. Okay, because it's Christmas. Yeah, we'll talk. And I should mention it being Christmas. The Balls Guide to Life book is out. I That's have true. In my possession, I'm going to flick through it. What can I look forward to? Well, just lots of uh, mirth and mayhem. It's a lot of. It's just basically about a year or so, or two years worth of the best uh, content that uh, Balls has produced in book form. So it's basically the internet in a book. Right. And I know we're heading into the Christmas season and there's going to be a lot of downtime and a lot of boredom and what people are going to need is a laugh. And if you like humorous sports writing, this, with, is, your book. this is for you. There's some photos. It's fun. It's you know We're looking back at the last 25 years of Irish sport, kind of tracing a lineage from ni- Italian 90 onwards and sort of sitting back and laughing a bit at it all. It's... I. I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, congrats on the book. Okay, I so I won't, I won't see you till New Year. I won't see you next Tuesday. Okay. 
Off the Ball, with thanks to Ford. This season, making stunning saves with the Ford 2016 Real Deal event at participating Ford dealers. Ford, go further.